You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Election College, episode 84. So how much are these guys worth anyway? <laughs> Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for election college, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. Yeah, Jason. You know, there's been a lot of talk about money lately in the presidential campaign. I'm rich. Everybody loves me. Yeah. <laughs> so, actually, uh, being wealthy and running for office and being in office, that's really nothing new. Yeah, it's kind of crazy when you uh, look at all these devoted public servants and how much how much they were worth in their day and, well, really even in relation to now. Yeah, so I got this great idea, Ben. Uh-huh. We've already done all the presidents. Like, we've talked about all of them. Every stinking one. And, like, we've exhausted it completely. Okay, maybe that part's not true, but... <laughs> <laughs> so, I I was walking my baby home, and I was pushing the stroller, and I'm like, man... Where was your baby? Ben and I talk about? Where was my baby? Yeah, you were walking him home, but where was he? Well, I mean, the baby was in the stroller. Oh, okay. So, anyway, so I'm walking home, and I'm thinking, hey, Ben and I should just go through every president and talk about how much money they made (laughs) or how much money they were worth. Yeah, that sounds good. Sound like a good idea? Yeah, I think so. And, I mean, that'll be really easy because, obviously, since George Washington was first, uh, he had the least amount of money, right? I mean, that's that's how everything works, obviously. Oh, man, that guy was so poor. Let me tell you, he only, like, if you were to translate how much money he had into recent dollars, uh-huh. is that the proper way to say it? I think it's he'd $2,015 only, is what you should say, but anyway. Yeah, something like that. He'd be only worth about $525 million. Oh, that's that's it. It's not poor bad guy. for a public servant. Yeah. So the first president, George Washington, he was he was all about the wealth. I mean, he's a rich guy. Yeah, I mean, he had Mount Vernon, um, which, you know, that's his plantation in Virginia. It, he's got a bunch of different farms there. He's got 8,000 acres of land. And there's like 300 slaves, which in and of themselves at the time are considered a, you know, a capital uh, asset, so that you know they count that even into his wealth. Um, he's he's got some things going on, man. Yeah, and it's always a good idea to marry up. So <laughs> his <laughs> wife Martha, she had all kinds of money from her dad, and 
Washington actually ends up making a lot more than future presidents. And get this, Ben. Uh-huh. His salary was 2% of the total U.S. budget. <laughs> do we uh, Do we even make a budget anymore in the United States? No, we, no, we, just... we don't know what a budget is. Okay. Uh, but anyway, the... Um... Yeah, even though we only made twenty five thousand, he only made like twenty five thousand dollars a year back then. We talked about that all the way back in the George Washington episodes. Uh, he still got like two percent of the total budget, and is still well in today's dollars worth the most of anyone. Yeah, he's one rich dude. So Ben, yeah, his rotundity. Okay, yeah, his rotundity, John Adams. He's kind of rich too, not nearly as rich as Washington. Well, and I mean, he's kind of rich. He he kind of though didn't. I mean, nowhere near as much as Washington, but he didn't make all his money on his own. He got a big inheritance. Uh, well, I shouldn't say a big inheritance. He got an inheritance that was substantial from his father, and also his wife was like her family was loaded. Yeah, the so Quincy's. she got a huge inheritance too. Yeah, yeah. There's some rich people there. <laughs> they actually um, had a homestead in um, Quincy, Massachusetts. It was like this, I don't know if a homestead is the right word, but they had this place and it was called Peacefield. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a pretty nice place. It had a working farm and it's about 40 acres. And uh, go figure, he's a lawyer, so. Right. He did pretty good for himself. Yeah, I mean, good lawyers then, though, still didn't make what good lawyers now make. It's it's become quite the, the difference <laughs> uh, over years. So big title, his rotundity, mm-hmm. relatively little income. Yeah, but you know who had a bigger income, and actually one of the, one of the highest ones is TJ, Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, dude, he was worth, like, over 212 million bucks and this is like 1800 money and so have you ever we've talked about this before right monticello you haven't been there i haven't been i pulled into the parking lot once ah you need to go in i know they were they were closing i didn't have time Ah. so monticello when he was alive was a 5,000-acre plantation. Yeah, and it I bet it's still, I mean, it's still pretty substantial in size, but, you know, in the in the day, Monticello even was like, hey, this is a cool place to look at. Like, architecturally, mm-hmm. you know, TJ helped design it. it. It's pretty insane. And even today, it's still considered one of the, one of the most magnificent architectural structures. And he's got all this acreage and all this plantation and along with it, a bunch of slaves and uh, another 3000 acres that were left to him by his father. So nice. Yeah. He's, he's got some money, but not, not for his whole life. Yeah. Because by the end of his life, he's in debt big time. Whoops. But you know what? He died. And like, That's true. He didn't care at that point. <laughs> so, so what about? I would have uh, to agree with you there. Yeah. What about James Madison? 
Well, James Madison uh, was a landowner, and he was the largest landowner landowner in uh, his county in Virginia. And you, you've heard of Montpelier, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been in the news lately. Did you hear about that? Uh, no, I didn't. What's up? So they're like, this is James Madison's modest home. Go visit Montpelier. Here's the modest home. Well, it turns out that his modest home was probably either guest quarters or workers' quarters. Ooh. And they found foundation um, remains of what was a much larger property. <laughs> so go Madison. You were whoops. You were living pretty high. Living pretty yeah. large with your one hundred and one million dollar net worth. Yeah, well, he had that kind of net worth until the end of his life, when Montpelier starts to go downhill, starts losing money from the from the plantation. He, I mean, he still retires a rich man, or dies a rich man, but not as rich as he was in, in the height of his life. Yeah, and like what we were talking about with his wife, Dolly, you know, he dies. Of course, he doesn't care when he's dead, but he leaves behind Dolly, and she has her struggles. And, I mean, her son largely contributed to that but uh it wasn't all sunshine lollipops and roses for the madisons after after james died right yeah i mean and dolly didn't make any of that money back until she started selling pastries yeah there's that too yeah (laughs) so so i hope this is interesting to everybody because like i had no idea i had no idea that these early presidents they they were pretty well to do and uh, which brings us over to James Monroe. Now, Elizabeth, his wife, she was the daughter of a wealthy British officer. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that here. I mean, the War of 1812 had just happened a little yep. bit before he was elected president. But his father-in-law was a British officer and did quite well for himself. Yeah, talk about uh, having awkward in-law encounters. I know. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what do you think well, when they're they're pulling up to the house, you know, before Thanksgiving or something like? Don't bring it up. <laughs> don't. Yeah. Don't mention that one battle, please, please, James. <laughs> yeah. Well, he makes uh, a little bit of money when he is president. He's president for eight years, and he got paid a pretty pretty good wage. But when he uh, was retiring he was actually really far in debt and he actually has to sell his plantation has to sell all of his acreages or I'm sorry, all of his acreage acreages is not a thing. He has to sell (laughs) all his acres and his land. uh, And so they don't, they don't really uh, leave a lot behind. I guess you could say when they go, man, these guys needed financial planners back then. George Washington's like the only one so far that cleaned house and kept it. Yeah. Well, then you had Q, John Quincy mm-hmm. Adams. And, of course, we talked about his parents. They were doing pretty well. Well, not only is he inheriting his father's lands, his wife is the daughter of a wealthy merchant. So, yeah, good for you, Q, cashing in at $21 million. Yeah, I mean, he really even didn't make a whole lot of money during his life. He just inherited a lot of money, and 
He was mostly public service his whole life, during the presidency, after the presidency. So good on you. You had a lot of money, and you still served the people. Yeah. What a legacy. Hey, Ben, did you know some people don't like us? Um, well, some people just don't like us. But some <laughs> I don't people, believe that. Some people don't. They like us, but they don't like our nicknames. So Yeah, that's okay with me. I'm, There's only like one person that doesn't like our nicknames that we know about who left the review about it. Yeah, I mean, I just every time I see Andrew Jackson, I'm thinking Andy Jack, <laughs> and I can't get over it. And I'm thinking cheese for some reason because Andy Jack needs to be the biggest cheese. If you live in Nashville and you have a dairy farm, dearly beloved, you could oh, probably yes. cash in yourself yeah. by having some Andy Jack <laughs> cheese. But uh, he did pretty pretty well i mean 119 million dollars was his net worth and this was all in the midst of being the guy who really got along with the middle class that he was really in touch with these people yeah and old hickory he uh you know maybe that's a more acceptable nickname for him for most of you uh when he got married he married into a lot of wealth when he was in the military, he stockpiled money away. When he was president, he made some money. He had the Hermitage, which is really good land and still to this day is in the midst of a lot of really good land. Mm-hmm. He owned a bunch of slaves. And then like later on, he's like, oh, I'll get in a bunch of debt. Right, because you die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and who cares, right? I guess. I mean, maybe your family, but other than that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hey, Martin Van Buren, remember? Marty. What, what do we call him? Marty. Yeah, Marty. that's right. Marty. Uh, he's an attorney, another guy who racks up a bunch of money. And he actually was like the only dude who was Secretary of State. I'm sorry. There was one other. Who was the other one? Was it Adams? No, that's not right. I'm going to cut this part. I think it was Jefferson. Was it Jefferson? Wasn't Jefferson Washington's Secretary of State? And they had a falling out? Yes, you're right. <laughs> Excuse me. He was one of two dudes who was actually Secretary of State, Vice President, and President. So you can imagine all three of those job titles racking in a little bit of cash. And then, of course, he's got a bunch of land and a big estate, just like all the rich guys back in the 1800s did. Yeah. So $26 million, uh, 2015 money for Marty. Yeah. So then you have William Henry Harrison. You remember him, right? I do. He's kind of long-winded and, and dies oh, very soon after his inauguration. Well, Harrison wasn't necessarily a self-made man when it comes to wealth. Uh, he was valued at $5 million, which, hey, I could use $5 million about now, but uh, Mm -hmm. he actually married into his money. Uh, His wife, uh, her father, was a prominent judge and landowner. Yeah, and whenever uh, Harrison's mother died, he got a a good bit of land. He got about 3,000 acres from her, and then he sold it off to his brother, and you can imagine... He didn't sell it for a lot of money to his brother. And then uh, he died penniless. <laughs> yeah. So Congress is like, well, we can't let his widow starve to death, so we'll give her a pension. 
Man. For being the president's wife. If you could only go back in time and all those people who are trying to connect with me on LinkedIn who are financial planners, they would have done really well if they would have just reached out to the presidents. But Maybe we should start doing that. Yeah, just start spamming people mm-hmm. and giving them financial plans. There you go. That sounds great. Yeah. Hey, there's a man with a plan, John Tyler. So he's kind of the surprise president, right? Yeah. And uh, he gets this 1,000-acre tobacco plantation. And his first wife, Letitia, she was pretty wealthy. Yeah, and they buy Sherwood Manor. Uh, It's a pretty big estate, lots of land. And William Henry Harrison had actually previously owned it. How that's like So, Yeah, exactly. One president to the next inherits a property, or not really inherits, but uh, buys. And then the Civil War comes along, and John Tyler goes into debt and dies poor. Ah! We're going to get to one that doesn't do that. I know. We're going to get to one who's like, his family is just like, yes! (laughs) And all the nieces and nephews are like, that's my rich uncle right there. Was that uh, maybe it'll be James Polk? Yeah, Remember James Polk. Yeah, he you know he did pretty decent, I guess. He was valued in at ten million dollars. His father was a wealthy plantation owner and speculator, uh, and actually his wife Sarah, same deal. So they both um, were pretty wealthy going into marriage, and Polk was making all kinds of cash because he was the Speaker of the House and governor of Tennessee, and he owned 920 acres in Mississippi, along with 25 slaves. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about all that. Uh, I do know how I feel about all that. (laughs) You know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about Zachy. (laughs) Say that again. So tell us about Zachy. I don't think we gave him that nickname when we were going through the elections, but no, Zachary Taylor. He has that nickname now, though. Uh, again, family inheritance, generational wealth, all that good stuff. He gets a bunch of land from his family, and he's actually got property in Mississippi, Kentucky, and Louisiana. Dude, and uh, well, you know he he gets a he gets rid of a lot of it, but he also makes a bunch more money. In land speculation, which is essentially just picking out land and saying this land's going to be uh, profitable, so I'm going to try and turn it, or I'm going to turn people onto this land as well. Hmm. He's a guy who dealt in a lot of stocks. He dealt. Uh, he was a, a landlord to a lot of people. He leased warehouses, uh, so he like he played his money right. And guess what, Jason? He didn't die poor, as far as I'm aware. Hey, go Zachary Taylor. That's awesome. Good for him. Mm-hmm. So, for him. so our buddy Millard Fillmore, who we didn't know much about at all when we started this podcast, uh, you know, he's kind of an average guy. He, he and his wife, they're pretty, pretty average. Um, he ends up getting four million dollars though to his name and. He founds a college that is currently called the State University of New York at Buffalo. Hmm. $4 million, $2015. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take that. I, yeah, I, that's fine with me. Uh, Franklin Pierce, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, you don't hear a lot about him because he only had a measly $2 million oh. net worth. Uh, but his father was also a farmer. And his his wife was actually from a pretty well-to-do family. Uh, kind of looked, uh, I read a piece on Franklin Pierce, I think back when we talked about Franklin Pierce. And his wife's family did not want him to to marry them. And then I'm sure once he became president, he was like, I should you guys. I'm president. Right. (laughs) It's still not good enough. Yeah. (laughs) He was an attorney. Uh, You know, all the good presidents were attorneys after all. So (laughs) he's got a little bit of money, but not a whole lot. But a little more than James Buchanan, right, Jason? Oh, man, James Buchanan. So he was one of 11 kids. And like another president we'll talk about here in a moment, he was born in a lat. He was born in a log cabin in Pennsylvania, and he didn't ever ma- he didn't ever marry he never married, and he worked for nine years as an attorney, spent sixteen years in public office. He was the Secretary of State, and he's less than a million bucks in the bank account. Dang, poor guy. Measly old. I mean, it's it's like he did nothing with his life, right? Yeah, but you know what? It's like his whole Wheatland estate in Lancaster, and I almost said Lancaster, South Carolina, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. That's pretty nice real estate there. I'm sure he'd be not, worth more than that now. Yeah, I've not been there, but I believe you. Hey, uh, Abe Lincoln, you kind of teased this one a little bit. Nobody saw this one coming. Uh, Honest Abe was not terribly well off. He was in the in the bottom ranks at less than a million, $2,015. You know, born in a log cabin. He's a lawyer for a long time. He doesn't have a big fancy house or estate. He becomes president, and then he dies. And, I mean, he's not poor, but he's certainly not affluent. Yeah, he would have made a killing off of speaker fees had he not been assassinated. (laughs) Yeah. He'd be riding that circuit. Well, in all those movies about him now, I'm sure he would have made a lot of money off yeah, those, too. some royalties. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm-hmm. So everybody's favorite president, Andrew Johnson, <laughs> wasn't worth much either. He's um, pretty simple beginnings. He is from He was from Greenville, Tennessee, and his father was a tailor. And his wife, get this, his wife was a shoemaker. And he spent a lot of his life, for 20 years actually, um, in public service. And he was the governor of Tennessee, and he was a U.S. senator, but he lived pretty simply. Yeah. It seems like uh, if you are one of the early presidents, you're really wealthy. And then if you're like mid to late 1800s, you're not. And then after that, you get wealthier again. So I don't know what that says about, about the world. Something. Yeah. Hey, uh, Ulysses S. Grant uh, also comes from kind of meager backgrounds. His father is a tanner. Uh, you know, they tan hides and stuff like that. Uh, and his wife was married to a wealthy merchant, but it doesn't seem like he uh, inherited a lot of money from that end of the relationship. So he, event- he originally had built up a good bit of money, and then his partner, his investing partner, he pretty much swindles him and takes all his money away. 
Yeah, he has a modest home in Illinois, and uh, he didn't really end up with a lot of money <laughs> uh, after he... And he didn't have a lot of money upon his death, but he wrote an autobiography, and that really helped his family. So go yeah. U.S. Grant. You know, he had kind of a salty reputation there towards the end. And uh, good for you. Yeah. Hey, another attorney coming up here, uh, valued at about $3 million, $3 million, $2015, sorry. Uh, Rutherford B. Hayes. <laughs> Uh, his dad's a shoekeeper, or I'm sorry, let me say that again. His dad's a shopkeeper, and he kind of, you know, didn't come from uh, a wealthy family like a lot of these other presidents did. He was an attorney, like I said. Uh, he had a pretty substantially sized home and a good bit of property. Um, you know, he was a governor. He was a public servant. Uh, he was part of the House of Representatives, but nothing too fancy, and so... Um, he, he does well for himself, but he's not Mr. Mr. I have a lot of money guy. Yeah. That's my name. I just came up for him. Mr. No money guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good nickname. But you Thank know you. who is really Mr. No big money guy? Who's that? Garfield. You mean the cat? Yeah. That was, that was so easy of a joke. I'm almost embarrassed I made it. Yeah. I was going to say something about a cat. And then you beat yeah. me to the punch. I'm glad we're both corny. Oh, so. man. So he was born in a log cabin. What is it with being born in a log cabin? Why can't well, rich people be born in log cabins? <laughs> what else did they make houses out of, Jason? I'm really not sure. They didn't have prefab concrete or anything. Uh, yeah. And Sears wasn't making the houses, the prefabbed houses and all that sure. either by that time but anyway so he was a house of representative member uh, for 18 years and he owned an estate called lawn field is that kind of redundant <laughs> it's kind of not creative <laughs> but he um had that property uh in mentor ohio and he died penniless Man. Like, no pennies. These guys and their pennies. Does anybody really die penniless? I mean, come on. I bet someone does. I mean, there's pennies everywhere. We're always picking up pennies. I don't know, man. I could say he died half dollarless. He died with a penny. Yeah, that's the positive way to put it. <laughs> he picked up a penny in the parking lot. And... He was rich in his heart. There you go. That sounds really positive. And oh, hey, by Chester the way, he Arthur. was president. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Oops, we forgot to mention that. Hey, uh, Chester Arthur. He is the son of an Irish preacher, and if we know anything about preachers and Irish people, it's that they're filthy rich, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, he came from a kind of a um, you know a, a humble background, and. His wife comes from a military family, and that's another thing we know. If there's anybody who's rich, it's military people. Yeah, so, man, there's yeah. military mm -hmm. people. Yeah, I know. They're just in raking it, it in. <laughs> well, he did end up making a good bit of money as the collector for the Port of New York, and that's about it. He made some money when he was president, 
but he still is valued at less than a million dollars, 2015 currency. So uh, probably wasn't bad with his money, didn't go broke, but he, you know, just that was his lot. He never really came to a point where he was raking in dough. Yeah, but he did have some epic, like, facial hair scraps going on. Like, what is that called when you shave your chin, but everything else? Ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, uh, Grover Cleveland, his father was a bookseller and preacher. He's got all kinds of stuff going for him on that side. And his wife was the daughter of a wealthy lawyer. Yeah, so Grover Cleveland is an attorney, once again, like, you know, a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. And he sold off his property and his house outside Washington, D.C., made a lot of money off of that. And then uh, about $25 million is what he's worth. I mean, he also had the luxury of being the president twice, uh, so there's that part, too. But, um, yeah, he died or netted about $25 million. Yeah. Hey, good for him, you know. I mean, he had a cool mustache too. So right, this was the era of the stash mm-hmm. and of the chops and so on. Yep. And and I mean, these guys were healthy too. They were not. They were not going to McDonald's for their meals. They were probably having a fancy feast, of some <laughs> sort. So Ben, it's been kind of crazy. You know, some of these guys are stinking, filthy rich, and others are, I mean, they're not even finding pennies in the parking lot. Uh, We're only about halfway through. Yeah. Well, we, from our survey we did with the audience and many other things, we noted about half an hour is your guys' max for us. You can't stand us in your ears twice a week for more than half an hour apiece. So we're going to go ahead and make this a two-parter. And uh, you guys can come back Thursday or right away if it's not the week comes out uh, to listen to the rest of it. Hey, this is our first two-parter. It is. This is a weird two-parter, too, because it's like I just never would have expected it. This is the first election college single-part or double-part podcast where we are mentioning every single president by name. There you go. And we're getting all hey, up so, in their business, too, with the amount of money they <laughs> uh, If you don't mind uh, leaving us a review, we still appreciate that, even though this is a two-parter. Between now and the next episode, just hurry up, hop on to iTunes, leave us a review on there. Hurry on over to Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Follow us and click things and talk to us, and, and then we'll talk to you in the next episode. <laughs> we'll see you later. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.